podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your haunted wildcatters of spooky Bosco boys. Behold, the Bosco's boys are back in person. We're back on the mic. The shitty stream end of, or string of crappy, uh, what's it called? Skype shows are over and we're back on the professional mics. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, Scott. Hi. Bosco's boys are back. It's a preview show. It's Oklahoma game week. Homecoming week as well. Homecoming week. Are you going to be going back? Yeah, I will be there. I I think I'm going to go back for the football or the basketball game on Friday. Probably drive back to Topeka, say the night at my parents' house, and then go to the game with my padre. What about you? Are you going to be going? I will be going. I'll be taking a friend. So we'll be leaving for Kansas City bright and early and getting loose. Before we talk about it, though, we should probably talk about you know our sponsors, our best friends over at mybookie.com. They're my only friends. Ag. .ag. Uh, this isn't even in the ad copy, but I got an email. They're giving me a $10 free play on the Los Angeles Clippers, Los Angeles Lakers game. That's the type of stuff you get over at MyBookie. You're getting free plays. You're getting the best customer service in the biz. Uh, you can bet on literally everything. And since this is the most active time in the entire sports calendar, October, uh, it's the best time to get over there. If you use our promo code CHAIR, that is capital C, H-A-I-R, all caps, promo code CHAIR. Remember that over at mybookie.ag, you're getting a 100% deposit match up to $1,000. That's basically free money. It's free money. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Boom. Let's get into Wildcat Wrap-Up presented by KSA Online. Real quick, we always touch on basketball and football recruiting. Basketball recruiting, since we last talked, four-star big man Jethro Masandin, he chose KU, so he's going to have to sit out of the NCAA tournament and deal with sanctions and all that jazz. Um, Sucks we didn't get him, but again, we're sitting on a pretty good class. It's nothing I'm melting down over. I'm not melting down about it either. Football recruiting, we had tons of of visitors will be on campus this week for the Oklahoma game. Definitely go check out K-State Online uh, to make sure you're staying up to date. During the win versus TCU, the Cats got their first commit of the 2021 season, which was surprising. I mean, it was literally just in-game and during the game-winning drive. Yeah, I got on Twitter to tweet about uh, Skylar Thompson, and I saw Dorian Stevens out of Blue Valley tweeting out that uh, <laughs> that w- that he committed to the Cats. I was like, ooh, fun. Like, you know, we're winning the game, and uh, we just got our first 2020 2020- one commit. This guy is a speed guy, plays wide receiver for Blue Valley. He's going to end up being a top five Kansas prospect next year. And we all have seen, you know, the last couple of years how the profile of Kansas recruits have been rising. So as a top 
five guy. He's definitely going to be a three star when Rivals ranks him. Might even be you know one of those five 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 six three stars. Already had offers from KU and Mizzou as well. Iowa and Iowa State were sniffing around. So I think when it all comes to fruition, this is going to be a great get, and I'm happy we got on the board for 2021. Pretty good size, too, like 6'2", 190, so a good addition to our wide receiver core. There is also a vibe that more could be coming in the 2021 class and from the JUCO ranks in the 2020 class coming up soon as well. I know. I'm, I'm very excited to see how Kleiman and Co. finish up this recruiting class, um, really focusing on speed, and now if they can get some JUCO guys plug and play, um, Hopefully next year won't be as big of a drop-off as we originally were worried a little bit. Um, we're now going to also touch on men's basketball and women's basketball in this segment uh, moving forward now that those seasons are about to start. Um, since we last recorded, uh, K-State basketball opened up as ninth in the preseason coaches poll. How shocked were you when you saw that? And uh, you got to think they're just going to be using this as you know motivation all season long. I was really shocked. Ninth seems crazy to me um i mean we return some seasoned guys and you know we have young talent coming in it's i it's very shocking to me i don't know i think top to bottom the rankings are pretty bad outside of the top three maybe um oklahoma state's picked fifth i don't understand where they're getting that i know they're really talented but i don't know i don't see it i (laughs) I think it's pretty bad, but it is the co- that's the coaches yeah, voting, which, right? Yeah, you'd think that the coaches would have a little bit more of an idea. Yeah. I think KU at one makes sense. Um, I hate to say it, but I think this might be a really good KU team. I think this is going to be like one of the best teams they've had in a long time. <laughs> I know, like if if you're a big time KU hater, I don't think I'm a KU hater, but I'm definitely not. I'm not cheering for them. I don't want good things for them. I don't want them to have a good season. But I think it's going to be rough. I. I have a hard time seeing any team in the Big 12 that's going to be able to go toe-to-toe with them. And, uh, you know, this might be Bill Self's I also do think Bill Self is going to come out with some fire. So No, I agree. I coaching think, for his life. Well, I don't think he's coaching for his life. I think this is a swan song. I think there's at least 50-50 chances this is Bill Self's last year at KU. Uh, so it might be rough. And I think Baylor's going to be really good as well. But literally outside of those two, I mean, Texas Tech lost more per- – like project or production than we did granted they had a better recruiting class and they have some transfers coming in uh and they're going to be chucking the ball from three i think their projected starting five is going to be three guys who did get some time last year and two grad transfers all of them have like career three-point shooting percentages above 40 so i get it why they might be three but outside of that i mean I don't know, man. I mean, are, are we really saying that this is the year Shaka Smart figures it out? He's Do we really think Mike Boyton has learned to coach over the offseason? Steve Prom and Iowa State, give me a break. Yeah, I, I, I don't buy it. And I think they had Oklahoma in front of us, too. They had everybody in front well, of us. Well, except for TCU, Except for TCU, right? TCU yeah. That's egregious. Oklahoma and West Virginia being in front of K-State's egregious. Like, whatever, maybe don't put us three. But having us behind Oklahoma and West Virginia – 
Like, whatever. I'll even listen to you putting Iowa State in Texas in front of us, whatever. But Oklahoma, West Virginia, give me a break. We're going to sweep both of them. I really think that this team is going to surprise the general public. I mean, not a single vote in the preseason AP. Uh, Joey Brackett's that bum over at ESPN doesn't even have us in the tournament. Give me a break. We're going to shock some folks this year. And I'm, I, you know, I, I wish college basketball was, you know, in January. I wish we could build up to it, but. You know, I am excited to see what this team can do. I am too. Um, and whatever, man, we're good in the underdog role. I think it'll be fine. Next, uh, first game actually is exhibition this Friday at eight versus Emporia State. So get out there if you can. Yep, and I think we mentioned it in our review show. We're going to hopefully have a basketball preview episode coming to you guys on Free Play Friday. Uh, hoping to get a guest, maybe our friend Matt Hall. Uh, stay tuned, but it's going to be a good show. Women's basketball, they got a little bit more respect. They got preseason ranked number five in the Big 12 Coaches Bowl. I think they have a chance to be even better than that. Uh, Peyton Williams was tabbed as a preseason all-Big 12 uh, basketball player, so she was on the preseason polls for volleyball and basketball. Anytime she gets brought up, I am now going to just make sure I say she's 100% on the Mount Rushmore of K-State athletes of all time. Therefore, ex- ex- exhibition isn't until the 29th versus Washburn. Um, I think this is the year Mitty gets them back in the tournament maybe makes a little bit of noise. Possibly. Soccer, K-State women Ooh. fell to KU, sadly, last Friday night, and we'll play TCU at 7 p.m. at home on Thursday, the 24th. It will be on ESPN Plus again. Yep, uh, just not not a good outing for the Soccer Cats. It's uh, it's getting rough. I, they're not going to have that breakthrough season I was hoping for. Volleyball continued to struggle. Uh, they lost in five sets at Oklahoma last week. They looked to rebound versus KU on Wednesday, 6 p.m., Ahern Fieldhouse. It's going to be broadcasted nationally on ESPNU, so if you can't get out there, give them a watch. Uh, In the Oklahoma game, true freshman Drew Cook, she won the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. She had a record-setting 36 digs versus Oklahoma. And again, this won't be the season. Susie Fritz gets them back to postseason play. But they have such a young core of this team. I think before they leave campus, they're going to make some noise, maybe make a run in the NCAA tournament, even make a run in the Big 12 before it's all said and done, but this just won't be the year. It's Tuesday, so that means Coach Kleiman's press conference was today. Kleiman said that he's still waiting to see what Malik Knowles' status will be. Uh, we'll know more after Wednesday. I would almost want to sit him. Yeah. Again, we, we've said it. You can't, you can't do it. Um, you can't send a signal to the team that you're mailing in a game but I don't want to risk it. We we saw how important he was to this offense in the second half. I just I don't want him to re-aggravate all his injuries. I kind of agree with you. That was the same time frame when it comes to Jordan Brown as well. The team will know more by Wednesday. Um, I don't expect to see Jordan Brown this weekend either. I think there's a better chance they hold him out because we at least saw Malik Knowles last week, so it would be – way more questionable to not play him and he's been going to media availability I don't think they would be doing all that if they didn't think he was going to play I think there's a much better chance they just hold Jordan Brown out for one more week and hopefully get closer to 100% before that game versus KU I'm guessing Malik will just remain in that seasoning role dash of pepper dash of salt when we need him but you know if it's obviously they know a lot more about what's going on than we do so 
the fact that they were able, they were comfortable enough to actually put him in a game last week makes me feel okay that maybe he is a lot closer to being healthy than you know they want to say. But who the hell knows? Um, what else do we have here? Kleiman said he didn't want to be rushing Skylar Thompson more than eight to twelve times a game. A question was brought up about how well he did in a couple of those runs. Uh, he said he, they're going to continue to look at that as part of the weekly game plan, but they don't want to overdo it. That's what I want to hear. I think they probably could have done a few more design runs so far this year with Skyler than what they currently had been, but you don't want to turn him into a battering ram, especially now that John Holcomb's gone. You don't want to risk injury because uh, I'm sure Nick Ost is a great guy, and uh, you know Ty Lewis, true freshman, I, I don't think he – is anywhere close to being ready to play meaningful snaps. So I don't want to see them go battering ground. But if, you know, he had two or three draws a game and a couple read options, uh, quarterback sneak here or there, I wouldn't worry about it. But getting above that 8 to 12, I would. I'd be concerned. Yeah, that gives me a little bit of PTSD. Um, But it is a very useful aspect of our game. And, you know, like we said last, last pod, it did save our bacon a little bit against TCU, so I think we're going to keep it in our pocket for sure. Um, he says, gave the imp- wait, gave the impression that Josh Rivas will play more at the guard and use Tyler Mitchell to spell the tackles. Yes, that is something that he said. Because uh, <laughs> Josh Rivas, that was the first game of the year that he actually played more snaps than Tyler Mitchell. Um, I think that... I would like to see that moving forward, not even just to use Tyler Mitchell to spill, spell the tackles. Um, just I think just Josh Rivas is probably just far more talented. Um, and also, I don't – and they've done this all season, so it's not something that's new that he just brought up. I don't like how often they do rotate on the offensive line. I would just prefer to, all right, rock with the five and let that be. But all season they've been bringing in Josh Rivas for the different guard spots. Tyler Mitchell has been bopping around, but I don't know. I just say put Rivas in there at left guard and just let it be. Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, I think we rotate a little too much on the defensive end too. But um, Coach said that Jaron McPherson did hurt his knee, but it wasn't a significant injury. He will not need surgery. He also made sure to mention how pleased he was with Durham. Yeah, it uh, – he he, if he didn't go out of his way to say not significant, no surgery, I'd maybe be worried a little bit because he pivoted so fast to Durham and how well he played. Um, it's good to hear J Mac. Hopefully, will maybe play this week. Might hopefully definitely by KU. Um, so that's good. Uh, Jonathan Durham. I think we said in the post game that yeah, he he was fine. I still would like to edge on the side of getting athletes on the field but again you know that's his part of the field that he's always coached so I'll defer to him uh but again you know as long as Jonathan Durham performs that's fine I sadly I think with his lack of explosive athleticism he's gonna get exposed on Saturday um he ain't gonna be alone (laughs) yeah I yeah I, I I agree with you but uh you know, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. 
that wraps it up, folks. Yeah, now it's uh, time there, to get to our sponsors, well, right? No, there are no more I mean, sponsors I this week. I meant to say our Keys to V, which are not sponsors. Also, no, we're doing primers before Keys to V. Fuck. It's almost I like meant, this is the first I didn't mean to say Keys done. to V either. I meant but, primers. But hey, real quick before we do, shout out to Devin Ankdel. He won the Ray Guy Punter of the Week award, as he should have, as the nation's top punter this week. So I want to give him a shout out. We are going to get into our primers. The Oklahoma primer is going to be brought to you from uh, one of the hosts of the Daily Armchair All-American Football Podcast, Chewing Clock, and Sports Radio 1400 Norman uh, host Tyler McComas. Um, Great guy. Check out his podcast on the Armchair Network, Chewing Clock. And then the K-State Primer is coming from our man over at the Kansas City Catbackers, Tate Steinloggy. So uh, two great primers. Uh, listen up. Enjoy them. And uh, when you get back, we're going to get into the keys to V. We'll be back. Hi, this is Tyler McComas, host of The Rush on the Sports Talk Network in Norman, host of the Chewing Clock podcast, as well as the Big 12 football show on the Big 3 Roll-Up. I was the kid who had an Athlon or Lindy's magazine in the backseat of the car at all times. That sparked an appetite for college football that has only grown over time. Now, I'm blessed to be able to talk college football for a living. Behind an improved defense, Oklahoma has raced out to a 7-0 start. Better tackling, better coverage, heck, even actually lining upright before the snap has led to Lincoln Riley having his most complete team up to this point in Norman. Offensively, the names have changed, but the results have stayed the same. Jalen Hurts is putting up gaudy numbers that will almost certainly earn him a trip to New York City in December. CeeDee Lamb has made a strong case as the best wide receiver in the country, and the running back core of Kennedy Brooks, Ramondre Stevenson, and, and Pleasure continues to perform at an elite level. All in all, OU is as good as any of the three previous college football playoff teams in the past. OU rolled West Virginia 52-14. Austin Kittle made his return trip to Norman and is met with a defense that's actually playing with a ton of confidence. Jalen Hurts only had one incompletion on the day and looked much sharper than the previous two weeks against both Kansas and Texas where he turned the ball over multiple times. The game was never in question and it probably shouldn't have been as OU was a convincing 34-point home favorite. Yeah, anything less than a college football playoff is going to be a massive disappointment. The talent and the favorable schedule are all there for this team to make another semifinal appearance. Now, the question is all about finally getting over the hump and playing in a national title game. Of course, OU hasn't done that since the 2008 season. Anything less than playing for national title number eight is going to be met with a lot and lot of disappointment. The strength of this team, again, is the big playability of the offense. Sure, the defense is improved, but OU is still offensively driven. This team is going to go as far as Jalen Hurts will take it, as CeeDee Lamb will take it, and of course the running backs as well. The defense can help this team finally win a college football playoff game and get to a national championship, but if this team makes it to that stage or even wins a national championship, it's still going to be because they're outscoring opponents. Offensive line. For the past two games, OU has played with the same starting rotation, but that wasn't the case in the previous five games of the season. That was due to injuries, of course. It's been the weak leak of the offense to this point with lackluster performances against South Dakota and Kansas. Um, And when the offensive line has struggled, so has Jalen Hurts. 
it'll be worrisome moving forward for this team if the offensive line does not continue to improve. Kenneth Murray at linebacker may just be the front runner for the Buckus Award. He's fast, he's strong, and he's the unquestioned leader of not only this defense, but maybe the entire football team. I'll go as far to say that he's the best defensive player OU has had in the past decade. He's been that good. The first two years of his career was met with disappointing play, not fitting runs right, not making enough tackles, not being in the right spot. But he's really turned it on with Alex Grinch at the defensive coordinator position. The other player is Charleston Rambo at wide receiver. After a great performance last year in the Orange Bowl against Bama, he's asserted himself as, without a doubt, the clear number two wide receiver on the team. No, he's not Hollywood Brown-esque, but he's the closest team this ha- this team has to what Hollywood uh, gave this team with the uh, downfield threats last season. Charleston Rambo is legit, and he's lived up to all preseason expectations that he's had. Slowing down the K-State running game. Last time OU played in Manhattan, they were unable to match the physicality of the K-State run game, and it almost ended any college football playoff hopes that they had. Alex Barnes, I believe, on the second play of the game, raced 75 yards for a touchdown, and OU had to play from behind basically the whole game. Stopping the run and making Kyler Thompson outperform Jalen Hurts is the recipe OU wants to try to win this game. Final score prediction for me is 41-20 Oklahoma. I think that they start fast. They've been a great first quarter team. They've been a great third quarter team. I think Kansas State will still have some success in the run game and will still be able to limit OU's possessions. But OU talent-wise is just too much for Kansas State. You know, the the faces change for Kansas State at head coach, but it still looks like a Bill Snyder offense. And I just really think this is a tough matchup for the Wildcats with how explosive OU is offensively. I'm Tyler McComas, host of The Rush, Sports Talk 1400, Sports Talk Network in Norman, Oklahoma, host of the Chewing Clock Podcast and the Big 12 Football Show on the Big 3 Roll-Up. You can follow me on Twitter at Tyler underscore McComas. What's going on, Boneheads? Tate Steinloggy here, the man behind the Kansas City Catbacker social media accounts, and I've been tapped by Scott and Grant to deliver you your K-State primer for this weekend's homecoming matchup against the number 5 Oklahoma Sooners. K-State's return to reality after an impressive 3-0 start had many discouraged heading into last weekend's all-important clash with TCU. The crisp, dominant efforts that marked the first three weeks fell by the wayside against Oklahoma State and Baylor, and in its place, a stagnant offense, penalties, and a glaring, albeit expected, lack of depth and athleticism in critical areas of the field. The win on Saturday certainly certainly wasn't absent these issues, but it was a step in the right direction, an indication this new coaching staff is starting to leverage the few opportunities where the current roster's realities overlaps with a system they want to run. K-State is now 4-2 on the year and over 500 through six games for the first time since 2014. That said, K-State will have to be better, and in the case of their running game, it'll have to happen quickly. Take away Skylar Thompson's 61-yard scamper on the Wildcats' final scoring drive, and the team had just 33 rushing yards on 32 attempts. The team has definitely missed the services of change of pace back Jordan Brown. He will likely be sidelined for another game with an injury. Health will also be crucial when it comes to Malik Knowles. The redshirt freshman wide receiver wasn't expected to play against TCU, but was able to feature in the second half on somewhat of a pitch count. 
even limited his presence cannot be overstated. He made an instant impact, opening the field for his teammates while hauling in several key balls thrown his way. On the would-be game-winning drive, Knowles got open in the middle of the field to set up Thompson's read option that gave the Wildcats the victory, but you couldn't watch that without wondering about his knee and the health of it, which seemed to be unstable, and it buckled almost every time he tried to make a cut. Now, I will stay away from the easy joke here, though it may be entirely true when it comes to the Oklahoma matchup that K-State senior punter Devin Ansel is the team's strength, and instead I'll go in a different direction with the defense. Now, before you point out all of the missed tackles on Saturday, and I was there to see them, hear me out on this. The unit has been in a position to make a play almost every snap the last two weeks. They've just been very inconsistent making said play. Obviously, that is important. That'll need to improve, of course, against Oklahoma, but the fact remains they are getting very comfortable playing in Scotty Hazleton's system. Now, the biggest weakness is also defense-related. Even against TCU's lackluster running attack, the defensive ends were slow to react and often over-pursuing or struggling to turn ball carriers back toward the middle of the defense. With a weapon like Jalen Hurts and an offense averaging nearly 10 yards per play, with more than a third of those plays going for 10-plus yards in their entire offense attack, K-State will have to be both decisive and perfect in their decision-making, especially with the read option. One player to watch on offense will be Nick Linners. He scored the first touchdown by a K-State tight end since 2014 on an excellent play call by offensive coordinator Courtney Messingham early in the ballgame. Even if Knowles is able to play more snaps, Linners could be key to alleviating Oklahoma's defender stacking the box. On defense, Wyatt Huber will need to replicate his efforts in the final quarter against TCU, but for four quarters this weekend, he was often caught flat-footed against TCU's attack in the first three quarters, missing a handful of tackles you need your star to make. Now, he became an animal in the final 15 minutes, making almost every single play that was presented to him. Now, in all honesty, K-State will need to play a perfect game, and I mean perfect. And they will also have to catch Oklahoma playing a C-level effort uh, to have a chance in this one. The Sooners are historically good on offense, and this time they have a renewed energy on defense thanks to defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. Now get ready to hear Boomer Sooner on repeat. I am sad to say that, but I am taking the visitors in a 48-17 route. This has been your K-State Primer. Scott tells me this is where I should tell you to check out the Kansas City Catbackers, especially if you're in the Kansas City area. But even if you're not, give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We just unveiled a brand new set of logos inspired by four iconic KC landmarks. We're also about ready to launch a complete redesign of a website that was created in 1997 and hasn't really been updated since then. So get ready for that. When it is ready to go, we will love to have you purchase a 12-month membership for $25 a year. That's a little more than $2 a month, which is less than the price of one cup of coffee. And that's one cup of coffee per month. Membership dues help us put on events throughout the year like we just had with Byron Pringle last Tuesday, and it helps us get back through the Mike Ahern Scholarship Fund. Through your support, we've raised more than $350,000 to date, and we are just getting started with the new era. Once again, this has been Tate Steinloggy. Thanks, Boneheads, and go Cats. Thank you to our beautiful primers, Mr. McComas and Mr. Steinloggy. I think I screwed that up big time last year when he did our primer. Probably. I'm 99% sure I got it right. Uh, Tate's the man, though. Yeah, uh, Check cool out guy. the KC Catbackers. They're getting a new website soon. And they have a sexy logo that I really like that they just debuted. Yeah, it's on Twitter nice. and Facebook. Um, before we get into the keys to V, I think this is something that uh, has been missing from our shows, the previous shows, just us talking about what this game truly means on the 
grand scope of the season. So we're going to try to give a little bit more commentary on that before we jump into our keys to V. I think this is the one game uh, that when we are looking at it preseason, uh, and ironically probably the number two game was Mississippi State, and it's funny how that worked out, but that you looked at the schedule and said, probably not going to win this, but if you found a way, it would just be – icing on the cake. Well, I think Oklahoma is even better than I anticipated they're going to be. Um, once again, it looks like they have the Heisman front runner at quarterback <laughs> as a transfer, which is insane what he's been able to do. You just got to think that Lincoln Riley, I, I mean, is he the best offensive coach we've seen like ever? Maybe. I don't know. But he's, he's very impressive. Um, and this would be a statement win beyond – a sta- it would be beyond a statement win. I mean, I, I mean, think that this would – I still think that there's a lot of, like, hangover from those two losses. Even though we're 4-2, and two, we bounce back, we beat TCU. Um, if we're 5-2 and two come Sunday and just beat Oklahoma, uh, all of that will be gone going into, the going into you know, the Sunflower Showdown. I mean, if you find a way to beat Oklahoma, like, all of a sudden you go from, like – just not even being on the radar of college football to leading sports center. You go from not receiving any votes to getting back in the top 25 overnight. You have what I would say, honestly, what maybe the biggest upset in K-State football history, at least the modern era since we've been alive. I mean, we're going to be 21 to 24 point underdogs. Like I, I mean that Oklahoma state game, I think we were like 17 point underdogs. Uh, when yeah. Skyler and Byron Pringle won in Stillwater. I mean, how big of underdogs were we when Jake Waters beat Oklahoma and Norman? Not 24 points. And OU was down. I mean, they were. Well, they ended up being. Right. At the um, time, no one knew that. But only other thing I can think of is maybe Texas um, in the Ron Prince days. They were number four yeah. on the brink of, you know, trying to get into the BCS title game. Uh, no one expected us to win that. But. Yeah, this would be huge. It would be massive for our brand. Be great for recruiting. Um, we haven't beat Oklahoma. It'd be great for me and you. We haven't beat Oklahoma in Manhattan since 1996. Which I mean, which is fucking embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, you, you do got to you it's, do have to realize that for a long time we only played them once every four years in Manhattan. So that does play a part into it. It does, especially and, that was during like the you know, peak of K State football. You were right playing when, now. yeah, and they literally, basically, right after '96, which was the last time I guess we played them in Manhattan, and then they, 2000, they were elite. So, yeah, it's crazy how quick Bob suits turn them around. But uh, if if you and again, are we going to win? Like you'll hear our predictions later. No, and no. I think. <laughs> There's a better chance that we lose by 50 than there is that we win the game. But here's the thing about college football. We saw it just last week. Wisconsin lost to Illinois, and we're a better ball club than Illinois. And Wisconsin, no, they're not at Oklahoma's level, but they had been dominant this year. Folks were already talking about, you know, the showdown between them and Ohio, Ohio State, and, hey, they're going to play twice. And can – Wisconsin find a way into the college football playoff if they split those two games like that's the type of talk that was going on before that game and Illinois found a way to win KU which is one of the most hapless programs in college football took it down to the wire and honestly probably should have won at Texas college football 
is one of the most magical things in the world and literally anything can happen. That's why you can't ever just mail in a game before it even starts. You're not wrong. I mean, I'll be there. I don't think we're going to win, but I'll be there hoping that we do and putting all of my energy into backing that narrative. So, I mean, I agree with you, but, you know, that buildup, you know, they'll, they'll have the homecoming <coughs> festivities before the hand. The team's going to run out of the tunnel to, you know, mediocre smoke and better fireworks. And right before kickoff, you're going to have that moment. You're going to feel it in your gut that, man, man what maybe if? we Maybe we can. I mean, and that's, and that's what's great about college football. And I, I don't think we celebrate that enough on this podcast. Uh, I, I think sometimes it kind of gets almost transactional. But before this game, I just I, – I don't know. I wanted to talk a little bit more of it before we got into our key to fee. Is there anything else you want to leave the boneheads before we get back into our regularly scheduled keys to fee? Um, I don't think so. It's just – it's a massive game. It would go such a long way. And it would get us one game away from bowl eligibility. Yeah. So it would be huge. And then if it does go the way we think it is, don't melt down. Yeah, don't melt down. I let's, mean, let's try our Oklahoma best is down. akin to <laughs> genuinely, I mean, I think that they're at the level of, I mean, they're a top five team. They're a top five team, and they belong in the top five. They're, they're probably sh- a playoff team. They've gone to the playoff. They the should be higher than Clemson because they haven't played anyone. Right. This would be akin to beating Clemson, to beating Alabama, to beating an LSU. Like, they are that good. They're the cream of the crop. They are two spots ahead of everybody in the Big 12. I mean, it's Oklahoma at the top and a huge gap and then the second best team. So let's go get it done. Yeah, let's shock (laughs) the world. If we're going to get it done, we're going to have to hit all these keys to be. Um, Grant, what's your first one? If we're going to pull off this massive upset, what's your key? Well, we're going to have to clean up the tackling a bit, which feels like a cop-out because of the recent issues against TCU. But seriously, uh, this is the fastest team that we play. This is the most talented team that we're going to play probably all year. Um, we're going to have to do everything in our power to be fundamentally sound and bring them down first contact because if the Sooners are breaking tackles and they're in the open field, they gone. Yeah, I think even beyond just cleaning up the tackle is when you hit them, you have to hit them one time and get them down, whether it's a gang tackle, whether you're wrapping up the ankles, um, you can't give any extra yardage at all. And you're going to have to actually steal some yardage or some points. My first key to V is either score on defense or special teams or at a minimum get in situations where there's super short fields. Um, you're going to have to get another blocked punt. You're going to have to get a pick six. You're going to have to get a scoop and score. You're going to have to return punts and kicks off, kickoffs, if not to the end zone, deep in OU territory. You're going to have to find ways to shorten the field and get cheap, easy points. I think, yeah, I think that that is probably the biggest key to winning this game is just getting turnovers taking you know possessions away from Oklahoma and because with you know how our offense has been struggling it's going to be difficult so our defense is going to have to step up our special team is going to have to step up my next one is pretty broad but you know we're just gonna have to play sound that encompasses a lot of things you know we need to be disciplined in our defensive assignments uh, we won't have the speed to recover if we aren't uh, less penalties can't start drives or possessions, you know, in the hole. Uh, we can't give them cheap yardage because they're not going to need cheap yardage. we got to make them earn basically everything. Um, it means the coaches need to be playing to the strengths of our personnel. Basically, we have to be top to bottom our A-plus game. 
and even that might not be enough. So, who knows? I agree with you. And then one other thing that is a little bit more tangible and uh, on the nose is own time of possession. Make this game as short as possible. We've seen OU where they have struggled in the you know Lincoln Riley era. I think back to that Army game last year where they had to go to overtime. It's when the opponent owns the clock. If we are, you know, sitting with like 39, 40 minutes of time of possession, maybe even more, and we can find a way to play this game in the 20s, first off, kudos to us because I don't know how often OU is going to be held in the 20s this year. And second off, that at least gives you a chance to win. If you hold them to only a handful of possessions because you're holding the ball so long – I mean, it's going to give you a shot. I mean, that's why you see college basketball teams in March Madness, you know, the 14 seeds, they're they're running the shot clock down because if you lower the amount of time of possession, it's going to make it so the margin of error is that much bigger. You pop off a touchdown there, all, open drive. Picture it, nine-minute drive, 75 yards for a touchdown, boom. Then three and out Oklahoma, all of a sudden – Boom, you're in the second quarter up 7 nothing. That's the type of, you know, strategy. That's the type of game that's going to have to take. Um, and, so, you know, 70% of the people in there are believing that we can do it. Yeah, exactly. That's, the ty- that's what you need. You need the energy to flip. If you're holding the ball, if you're doing these methodical drives, if you're working it down, you know, I don't know. That's what, that's what it's going to take. And it's going to – it's going to take some belief by the team, by the crowd, to get it done. So I think that's that's what scoring it's going early to need. would be huge. I want the ball. If if we win the toss, I want the ball, and then just go for it. Let's go for it. All right, those are our keys to V. Tweet us what you think the key to pulling off this victory is, and don't be a smartass and say score more points and hope they don't show up or give Jalen Hurts food poisoning. Don't give me any of that crap. If you have some tangible stuff that you think might lead to, lead us to a win, tweet it at us. Yeah, if you say that, you have to go to jail. Yes, you will go to jail like it is China. <laughs> they don't have Twitter in China probably a good thing it probably is a lot of people would be in jail more people would be in jail just from twitter they'd be getting themselves in trouble i actually think people should be jailed for some of the stuff they tweet yeah that's true i don't know if that makes me a authoritarian dictator or not (laughs) but no it doesn't suck mybookie.ag go to promo or use promo code boy or no chair 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 c-h-a-i-r to get your 100% deposit up to $1,000. It's time for our weekly pick 'em. 15 games comprised of all the Big 12 games, ESPN College Game Day, and other random games that I throw on here. This year, the Boneheads have been voting via Twitter. For a while, the Boneheads were in first place and actually had a pretty good lead on both of us. Then I fell, and it was ugly. But after I went 11-4 and four last week, the Boneheads went 9-6, and six, and you went 10-5. and five. If people go back a few weeks, I was, I was what, eight, nine games back? Guess uh, what? Yeah. We're all 79-39. and 39. Tie ball game, baby. It is a Halfway through, ball tied game. up. So we are back from square one. It is time to get into it. We're going to start off 2.30 p.m., on Fox, number 15, Texas at TCU. 
Vegas lines have been going back and forth. Like at one point, TCU is favored. I think right now, Texas is a one-point favorite. The Boneheads, 84% Texas. Way too big of a number. I also have Texas. I think they bounce back, but I'm, I'm a little surprised how confident the Boneheads are. Who do you have? I have Texas. I think they bounce back. All right, the next game, 230. FS1, Oklahoma State at number 23, Iowa State. I think we have... Uh, infiltrated the boneheads' minds because they're they're only fifty four percent Iowa State. I have Iowa State as well. Um, I hope, like I would love it if Oklahoma State could pull off an upset. But I, you know, Brocktober, blah 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 blah. I think Iowa State ends up winning this one by a couple possessions. Yeah. Iowa State. Oh, I was hoping. I was. I was close. I was hoping. Here's one I'm still not 100% confident in what I'm about to pick. Um, so hold on to your uh, tidy whities 6 p.m. Fox Sports One, Texas Tech going to the rabid David Booth <laughs> Memorial Stadium because they don't care about war veterans. Uh, Texas Tech is the pick by the Boneheads by a very nice 69%. Uh, <laughs> God damn. Uh, I know. Um, it's tough. I, I cannot decide either. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm going with Texas Tech. I just I don't want to pick KU. I, if, if you're making me gamble my life, I actually think I might pick KU, but it's just a podcast, so I'm going with Texas Tech. Jet Duffy. Dub. All right. KU's, there we go. We're, KU's going to lose. They're going to look just – they're going to be back to their normal self. I hope so. They will regress to the mean. I hope so. The greatest rivalry in all of college sports on ACC Network, 3 p.m., Duke at North Carolina. Sadly, this is on the gridiron, not the hardwood. The Boneheads have North Carolina, 72%. I'm going to rock with the Tar Heels, but I'll be cheering for Duke. Who do you have? I have North Carolina, too. That's almost, that's a uniform pick. I, they have one of my favorites. I actually I like Duke's uniform. I like Duke's, uniform. too. And they've been I doing like the North fun Carolina NCAA more. football uniform reveal videos. I really like that. Um, big noon Saturday, which is also at 11 a.m. Central Time Zone. I bitch about this every week. Fox, your marketing is horrible. But 11 a.m. on Fox, number 13, Wisconsin, at number three, Ohio State. Uh, Boneheads have the Ohio State, 79%. I, too, have Ohio State. Um, Wisconsin, I mean, Ohio they State. just looked bad versus Illinois. They did. They were also dumb. They were not running the clock. It's uh, if I was a Badger fan, I would I would have been on suicide watch after that game. Awful time for them to have to go to Columbus. Yep, I agree with you. I think Ohio <laughs> State State might be the real deal, and I wanted Ryan Day to suck. I think uh, I know we were both wrong there. Yeah, yeah, and I, th- I we also some, thought Michigan was going to be really good. Well, you know what? Uh, Maybe I've they are. P- I've picked Michigan a couple times. Six thirty, ABC number eight, Notre Dame going to number nineteen, Michigan. Boneheads have the Golden Domer seventy one percent. I'm going with Michigan. I don't care. It's in the big house. I'm trying to get the lead on the Boneheads. I don't know how many times I'm going to differ from them, but I am going with Michigan. Grant, who do you have? I'm pretty torn on this, but I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I've got the the Golden Heads. The Golden. All right, the next one. This is the CBS game, two thirty. Number nine, Auburn at number two, LSU. The Boneheads very confident in LSU, eighty-eight percent. 
I'm going with LSU as well. Go Tigers. Suck that Tiger dick, bitch. That's who I'm going with. All right. The coolest team on earth. All right. Friday Night Lights, ESPN2, 8 p.m. USC at Colorado. Boneheads have the Trojans, 67%. I also have USC. Are you going with the Trojans or the Buffaloes? The Trojans. All righty. Not a lot of differentiation this week. Playing it safe. Yeah, everyone's playing it safe. The Boneheads are taking Navy as Tulane comes to town. 2.30 p.m. CBS Sportsnet. Another very nice 69%. I, too, am going Navy again. Don't like doing it because I love, love Tulane's uniforms. But I'm going with Navy. Hmm. Tulane's 5-2. and two. Navy's 5-2. and two. Shit. Home team, Navy. <laughs> yep. Anchors away. Um... No, that's a uh, anchor down is anchor down. Oh, Vandy. fuck you! Uh, what? Damn the torpedoes! I think is what. Yeah, is. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. Utah State at Air Force nine fifteen on ESPN two. So a little Mountain West after dark. Uh, the Boneheads have Air Force sixty four percent. I am also going Air Force. Uh, so are you going to? I'm going go for the planes. Air Force. All righty. The next game, this is 2.30 at Pac-12, on Pac-12 Network. This should be illegal. I am tired of <laughs> – I'm just tired of Pac-12 games being during daylight. Um, the Boneheads have – oh, sorry, it's Arizona at Stanford. The Boneheads are going Arizona 59%. I think I'm going to go Stanford. I, I, I just need to go against the Boneheads. They might, they might beat me. I don't feel confident, but I'm going against the Boneheads. I'm going to go with Arizona. Stanford's three and four. They have no home atmosphere whatsoever. I'm going with the the Wildcats. All right, it is what it is. All right, San Jose State versus Army at West Point. Eighty nine percent have Army. I also have Army. Are you with Army? Army? All righty, and now the college game day game of the week, not even on TV. Uh, it's their <laughs> throwaway week. They're going to an FCS game where the North, North Dakota State Bison go to the South Dakota State what, Grant? Do you know what South Dakota State is? I can't remember. Didn't we play them or we played South Dakota? We played South Dakota last year. South Dakota Coyotes. Oh, shit. South Dakota Give State. Hint. Give me a hint. Um, it's like <laughs> – it's two names. It's like a blank blank. Oh, frick. Actually, no, I think it is one. It's an animal. They have floppy ears, the jackrabbits. I would have so, never got that. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, boneheads have North Dakota State, 93%. I have North Dakota State. Uh, yeah, North Dakota State. Easy. Last game, the big one. Yep, sorry, I'm updating the document. All right, so the big one, ABC 11 a.m., K-State versus the number five Oklahoma Sooners for the first time all season. The Boneheads with 68% are going against K-State. They're going with Boomer Sooner. 68. I'm go- yeah, 68. <laughs> Come I- on. <laughs> I know. One more percent, folks. Um, nice. Obviously, I'm going, I'm going with the Sooners. All right. Clean Just, sweep. I can't do it. Can't do it. It's not fun. It is what it is. But, hey, like I said, college football, crazy shit can happen. Keep calling us out. Expose us yeah. on Twitter when we're wrong because we're going to be wrong this week again, too. Would love it. Would love it. 
We love you guys. Uh, stay tuned Friday for Free Play Friday where we're going to talk a little bit of basketball with Matt Hall. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't got anything else. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, again, play this in the office or when you go to sleep. Uh, just play all the time. Yeah, do that. We need it. We need those numbers up. Let's go. Just play it all the time in your sleep. Also, we're very close to 200 rating and r- ratings and reviews on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, so get us to 200. Also, check out our Patreon. Uh, yeah. We haven't uh, said anything about that for a while. Head over to the Patreon. You can get a uh, koozie, a t-shirt, and an extra episode a month, depending on the tier. Um, we just need a couple more uh, to the- get to our goal of being millionaires. We're already at hundreds of thousands of subscribers, but if we can get more pa- a couple more patrons, we'll finally be millionaires. So head on over to the Patreon. You'll you'll enjoy it over there and uh, meet me at the Cathead. Can you listen tired with your hair
Social Podcast Network.